Hello, Island Church. Welcome back to our Word of Encouragement. Uh, this is the third installment of our new series, uh, Divine Direction. Uh, we are once again looking at how God uses the word direction in the Bible so that we might be able to learn from that and be able to uh, have some direction in these uncertain times. Um, so I want us to go ahead and, and get right into that. Today we're going to be looking at um, one of the definitions of that word and, and how it's used. Um, so direction is defined as assistance in pointing out the proper route. Now this one's usually used in plural, uh, the word direction. Uh, for instance, he asked for directions to the church. So this is, um, uh, this is uh, how we get that direction uh, as it pertains to what route should I take? Which way should I go um, is what we're looking at. You know, and when we think about that today, uh, we have uh, something called GPS. Um, but as we go back into 1 Samuel chapter 30 today, uh, it wasn't global positioning system uh, that David was about to use. David was about to use God's positioning system. Uh, David would write over in the book of Psalms, uh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, and you remember from our last installment that David was looking for his own personal word from the Lord. Um, I want us to uh, think about uh, think about this and, and, and as we're looking um, at exactly what it was that David wanted. You know, he wanted his personal word, and, and we're going to um, think about that uh, like the game of football. Uh, in football, uh, the entire uh, college football system has a rule book, and every team has to follow that same rule book. But each team has its own playbook and, and that would have all the different things that they're going to do but then when you get down to individual players the players have to run their individual route that is located in the playbook that is under the jurisdiction of the rule book so if that makes sense on on how it gets from from college football uh, across the nation down to the individual uh, is exactly that. It, it'll go from the rule book, it, then it'll go to the playbook, how, how that, those rules become alive on the field uh, and how they're played out by each individual team and then the route. You know, a lot of times they say score, uh, you know, the, how, how a team scores is about how consistently each person is playing their position and running their route correctly. And if everyone does exactly what they're supposed to do on their route, it makes it much easier to advance that ball downfield because everyone is where they are supposed to be. You know, if, if everybody tried to play quarterback, the, the ball wouldn't advance down the field. If everybody tried to play wide receiver, there'd be nobody to throw the ball. So it's very important um, in this that they be able to understand uh, what goes for them. You know, I, I remember even uh, Lou Holtz once said, uh, he, he was thinking about um, his success on the field. Of course, Lou Holtz, a very successful uh, college football coach. And, and Lou Holtz said, you know, I always have a better team when I have good players on the field. 
And of course he does. Uh, if he has talented players, the team is going to play much better. They're going to be more consistent in what they're doing. But this is where uh, David finds himself. Uh, you remember in our last installment, David had summoned the high priest. He had asked for the ephod. He wanted to be able to have that ephod because he needed a personal word from God. And we began to talk about uh, how that looks. We talked about the graphe or the written word of God. The fact that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We all have access to the graphe. And then, then we think about the logos. Uh, you remember when we talked about logos, that was the word that was used to describe uh, when Jesus uh, came to the earth. Jesus was the embodiment of the word of God. Jesus was the word. Jesus spoke the word. Uh, you know, that was the logos, uh, the embodiment, the message, if you will, uh, of the Bible, of the graphe. And then we talked about the rhema. Now, the rhema, is that, the rhema is that personal word. That is, that is the, word that, the word that you need in your situation to be able to navigate what you are going through. And we're all going through stuff, but you need your individual word just like David needed his individual word. Word And when God gives you that word through the Holy Spirit, it is an awesome and a powerful thing. And, and uh, being able to get that direction and know uh, what way that God wants you to move and what God wants you to do and, and be able to ask God and speak to God and talk to God. And when he gives you that word and makes it alive and, and, and it bears witness with the Holy Spirit within you and you have that clear vision of exactly what God would have you to do. Uh, it, it's amazing what God can go, do through a person that's willing to receive that word and willing to run that route and do what God has asked him to do. Uh, so here we're going to pick back up with David uh, as, as we were, were looking at before. So Ziklag has been burned with fire. Everything's gone. Wiped out. The entire village is gone. Decimated. And, and not only uh, that, it's burned to ash. There's nothing left of it. The, the daughters have all been taken captive. The sons have all been taken captive. Everyone's wives have been taken captive. The animals are gone. Everything is gone. But one piece of information that uh, we have is no one was killed. Everybody's alive. This is the information that we have as we go. And uh, as we pick back up, so we know what's going on. Everybody's upset. Everybody's stressed out. They're ready to kill David and stone him. And David uh, strengthens himself in the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord, saying... So he has the ephod. He has the Urim and the, and the Thummim. Uh, he's ready to make that decision, ready to get his rhema word from God. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, God, answered him, Pursue. It's time to get up. 
It's time to go after what's yours. It's time to take back what the devil took from you. Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. You're going to get it all back, David, but you've got to go. And, but David pursued. David pursued. So here, uh, you know, that's the thing about when we get that word from God. That, that word from God has to activate our faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. That faith has to be so real. When God gave that word to David, it was so real as if his wife and his children were standing right in front of him, right where he stood. He saw the vision that God had placed in his heart, the vision that God had placed in his mind, and there was going to be nothing or no one that was going to stand between him and God. There was just one thing missing. So let's take, a, take another look. Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the six hundred men uh, that were with him, and came to the brook uh, Bethesda, where uh, those that were left behind stayed. And then in verse 11, uh, you know, we, we see him mount up, and we see that he's going to pursue. There is a very interesting piece of information that is completely missing. Things that David don't know. Where are they? Which way did they go? He had no idea. Everything had been burned to the ground. There was nothing left. There was no notes that said, hey, we're taking everybody up uh, to this place or we're going to hold them captive. There was no directions. There was no ransom note. There was nothing that was able to, to help him identify which way to go, where to go, where they are, or what to do. But he had his word from the Lord to pursue, so that activated his faith. He got up, he pursued, he put God's word into action, and when you put God's word into action, he will give you the opportunity to get the information that you need. Because many times, God's not going to tell you every single piece of information. But as you act on each word that God gives you, God will reveal more to you as you take that journey with Him. But God needs to know that you are with Him. God needs to know that you are going to act on His word. God needs to know that you are going to exercise your faith because the Bible tells us plainly that faith without works is dead, being alone, and there's nothing that God can do with dead faith. But he's taking this rhema word. He's taking his faith and he's going forward. In verse 11, here's something that comes out of nowhere. Uh, almost as if it doesn't even belong in the story or in the passage. Uh, out of nowhere, you know, we've got uh, the cities burned down. Uh, everyone's gone. There's this massive uh, assembly of the men of David and they're going out to take back. And all of a sudden we hear this, uh, this uh, verse and it says, And they found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. So, you know, out of nowhere... Here we, we see an, an opportunity. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink water. 
If we stopped right there, uh, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense to us. But if we read it, David is doing what David does. If he saw somebody uh, that was sick, saw somebody that was ill, saw somebody that was afflicted, then he was going to help them because David had been helped himself. So they stop and they minister to this man. And you know, God, uh, God tells us in His Word, um, you know, there's many things that we need to do. And we don't need to allow the circumstances of this life, the hate and, and, and the misdirection and the viruses and, and all the things that's, that's uh, plaguing our world system right now. We don't need to get so tied up and involved in it that we miss the person right in front of us that needs something to eat. We have missionaries and pastors. Across the world tonight that don't know where their next meal's coming from. So we have to take the opportunity to stop and minister and serve and love and do the things that God would have us to do. Let's not get so excited about the next news program. Let's not go get so excited about, well, let me take all my money out of the bank and hide it. But let's take the opportunity to minister and care for those that are hurting and need the basic needs and basic necessities of life. And you say, well, I don't have time to help out. Uh, my family, my, everything's messed up. David had lost it all. He didn't have a family right now. He didn't have money. He didn't have animals. He didn't have the things, the basic things that he needed to feel secure in, in this point in history. He didn't have any of that. It was all gone. But he still took the time to stop and minister. And when he did, and they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk only water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? And whence, and whence art thou? Where, who are you? Where are you from? Just two simple questions. Uh, very, very uh, uh, you know, questions that should have been asked to this guy. You know, who are you? Where, are you? where are you from? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to the Amalekite. And my master left me because three days ago I fell sick. And then, you know, he's feeling pretty good now. He's ate the cakes. He's ate the bread. He's drank the water. And he feels like talking. So here it goes. We made an invasion upon the south of the Sherethites. Uh, and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb. Oh, here it comes. David's jaw drops in three, two, one, and we burn Ziklag with fire. And David said unto him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. 
And when he had brought him down, behold, they were there spread abroad upon the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because all of the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And in verse 17, And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening the next day. And there were escaped not a man of them, save four hundred young men, which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. When you get that rhema word used in uh, the verse, the sword of the Spirit, that sword of the Spirit which is able to pierce through into the spiritual realm and allows us to obtain the things uh, that God has in store for us. Allows us to obtain the blessings that God has in store for us. Allows us to obtain the finances that God has in store for us. Allows us to obtain the abundance that God has for us. When we activate faith with a rhema word, with the word that God has given us for our situation, there's no stopping what God can do with a willing vessel and faith that's willing to follow. I will make thy word a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. God's doing amazing things right now. There's a stirring here at Island Church. And we implore you, while there is still time, to be a part of the stirring. Be a part of that final harvest. We encourage you today. We'll see you back again soon at Island Church. Until then, God bless you.